Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Yes, yes, I'm here. You're here, man. Hey, Johnny. I feel like it's been weeks. You've got this massive beard now, and your hair's real long. Yeah, I I guess I can take the mask off. That's right. I mean... That's right. I'll tell you what, I need a haircut. You can't find anywhere to get your haircut. It's going to be like Joe Dirt, I've guaranteed, by the end of this month. (laughs) Yeah, it's a party in the back, right? That's right. Mullet's coming back, everybody. Mullet's coming back. (laughs) That's just part of being in captivity, right? There's not a lot of things we can do right now. It's it's uh it's been crazy. I was I was glad this this last weekend. You know, we we put together that virtual Catholic conference. Matt Engel, yeah, that was Catholic awesome. Guy. Yeah, it was crazy. It, just sixty five thousand people around the world. You know, I, I did a live booth last night at eight o'clock, and I had somebody from Australia, Singapore, um, Canada, and there was two other countries in there: Spain and somewhere else. I think it was I think it was Central America somewhere. But it was, you know, it just really touched me that that many people, we were connecting in a time where the universal church is is not able to meet together in, in the physical sense, you know, that they could come together in that weekend that way. And, right. and even had a mass, surprise mass on Sunday that one of the speakers, a, a father did for his father in Houston. That's so, cool. yeah, it was cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it really it really has taken up a lot of my time lately. You know, I've been, been uh, busy with that and a little worn out. I think Matt and I were joking about average of two hours of sleep last <laughs> a night last week uh, building it. But man, what God did with it was was you know so fulfilling that uh, all that was well worth it. And you know it made me think uh, because you know I talked about on a show a while back that that I was having trouble. You know I was been in I had been in desolation and you know I shared that I wasn't working full time anymore at Cardinal that I was uh, you know working as a contractor and that had come sort of as a surprise at the end of the year and. You know, those guys were great to me. I'm still doing some contract, you know, work for them, and you know, it was just something that needed to happen for 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 both uh, parties to to move on to things that you know that would allow them to to uh, you know pro, you know prosper and, and be fruitful sure. in other ways. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I also had two herniated discs that I'm still dealing with right now, and you know, Angela going off to work every day making money, and for the first time since I was 16, sitting at home and you know trying to write on the book that I'm writing on. But those thoughts that creep into your head, right, like. What are you doing? You're not, you know, you're not worth anything. Your wife's out there making all the money. All that male pride started to swell up, and and uh, man, it, it just you can get in a dark place, you know, pretty pretty easy when when you allow yourself. And you know, right now, I think, and we and I heard a lot of this through the comments of that conference. Like, thank you so much. I was feeling so so just shut in, and I, I feel so distant from the faith, and and I feel like I'm losing my my prayer life and my my ritual or not my rituals, but my uh, routine of my spiritual uh, activities and, you know, with, with a lot of places not being able to go to confession and things like that. So, uh, you know, I really thought about that and prayed about that last night and this morning and, and really wanted to do this show on captivity. You know, that that it's not just the fact that we're stuck in our houses with, you know, maybe you've worked at home forever like me and now you got four other people at home or seven or eight or nine other right. people. You're trying to do your work and be a teacher. Right, time. and do yeah. all this stuff and you can't really go anywhere. And if you do, you got to wear a mask and even, you know, playgrounds are shut down. And so you got all these kids that got energy and nowhere to take them. And, and it is bright and sunny outside. The birds sure, are singing yeah. and flowers everywhere. And yet you're telling a kid you can't go outside yeah. without a mask on. Yeah. I told mine, here's a sponge and a water hose and that truck's pretty dirty. Go yeah. watch it. Go play in the water. 
<laughs> Pull some weeds. It's a field trip. That, that's right. Yeah. But but no, like I, I really think that there's a lot of people right now that you know fear and worry and anxiety have started knocking at the door. Right? Like when is life going to get back together? A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have no yeah. money coming in. Um, you know, the government's doing what they can for you know stimulus stuff and helping uh, helping people that are unemployed, but. Um, it's a scary time, you know. It's something that we've never seen in our in our in our world before, at least in my forty one years. And you know, I think people are really getting scared. And and you know, one of the things that I have learned through when I was going through that time, and then God put this conference in my life. I think He did that as you know, and pulled me back into consolation because I began to say, you know what, I'm tired of feeling this way. Like those thoughts were affecting my my body, the way I felt, the way I thought, like. I didn't want to do anything. I became lethargic and very slothful, lazy. And and I think that if we're not careful, that's going to happen to a lot of us out there because now, you know, well, it was going to be April 14th and it seems like it may be into June or July now and all these things are getting canceled. And, you know, we're not going to have Easter masses together, um, you know. And, and so I think that the devil is sort of running around that playground right now and he's just whispering those thoughts into people's ears. And, and it's it's if we don't take those captive, like St. Paul says, you know, he says, um, destroy, we destroy arguments and every pretension raising itself against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. And I think that's what we have to do in this time. You know, that's what changed my outlook in the last month or so, like this conference, for instance, you know, Matt and I were on the phone when, when we both started getting things canceled and, you know, he throws out the idea, we should do something virtual. We kind of laugh it off. And that the rest of that day, I kept thinking, well, what if? No, no, you, you could never pull that off. You guys could never do that. You know, we don't know what we're doing. It's going to be too hard. Nobody would want to do that. We won't get any speakers. Those were the type of things that were going through my head. And and I eventually had to take those things captive and go, you know what? I'm not going to worry about the how. I'm not going to, I'm just going to, the Lord's asked us to do something. It feels like the Lord's asking us to do something. So I'm going to take these thoughts captive. I'm not going to listen to them anymore. And I'm going to give them to the Lord to, to burn out all that stuff and to, and to come back with something that's pure and whole and, and this whatever the Spirit has given us to, to try to be a good steward of it. Well, what you're hitting on is pretty much like an avoiding the lies that you said the enemy are speaking to us. You know, we are in a sense of um, isolated from the sacraments in some form. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still able to, to listen, you know, through, you know, the the computer or, or listen to rosaries or something like that. But again, that collective community worship has been on pause and i think that's kind of like one of those things where if if you're not good at practicing um your spiritualness on your own then now you are you should be able this is this is where you're like able to kind of really gather some strength and to really identify okay what's the truth the truth is i'm i'm loved child by god you know i mean god loves me and he wants the best for me even though there's sickness going around and and things are different from what they're used to this can be a, a storm is happening but yet after the storm the sun does shine yeah but you have to take those things captive if yeah. you don't then like you know we're assuming that everybody's in a place to where to where those are things those things are natural for them but there's a lot of uh, of you know fallen away catholics a lot of people that are that are going to mass on sundays and that's the extent of their faith um and, and you know that's a big part of our church and so right now that, that's why i wanted to talk about this because it's easy to be, you know, Catholic and to be involved and to do all these things when you're surrounded by your brothers and your sisters. And it's harder when you're by yourself. I mean, that's the same reason that we've talked about before that Christ sends out disciples 
you know, two by two. So you always had somebody there with you. And it's difficult in these times when you, you know, when you can't be with your brothers or with your sisters, you know, if you're in in a men or women's group. And so like St. Teresa of Avila, she says something that fell right into this that I found this morning. It says, it isn't good to let our thoughts disturb us or worry us at all. You're like, well, yeah, sure it's not. Like everybody knows that, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's you're you're exactly right, but like how? Like how do I do that? It's it's there's books out there everywhere about, you know, Ignatian spirituality and the 14 steps and, you know, holding your thoughts captive, but how do you do it? And the need for it in the first place is that your life is going to start falling apart if you don't start, you know, taking those things captive because they they're going to run rampant. And, and thoughts build on one another. The devil starts with a small block, and then he builds a tower of fear and worry and anxiety. And, and all of a sudden, you're in a place you don't want to be. You don't realize how you got there. You know, and, and those things, they, they affect us physically, too. You know, I mean, I, I know I'm not the only one out here that's, that's, you know, gotten letting something eat at me so much that all of a sudden, like, I felt ill. You know, that I just didn't want to do anything, and I felt sick and lethargic and, and all of these things. So... You know, and it gets harder to become to hear the voice of God in those moments, right? Like it's, you start saying, "Well, I want to pray, but I don't want to. I know I should, but I, I don't want to. You know, I, I should read the Bible, but I, instead I'm going to watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll make that'll take my mind off of it. That escapism thing we've talked about, you know, before. But um, you know, we have to the the way you start taking these things captive is you have to start asking the question, "Why?" You know, that's something that I really learned in the last few weeks. You know, I, I've read the books on Ignatian spirituality. I know the principles. But you can't just stop there. You have to apply it to your life. You can't just say, yeah, I know this rule, and therefore it's just going to change everything in my life. You have to start applying it. And so what I started doing, like, for instance, I was in the grocery store the other day at at Kroger. Uh, I had my mask on and everything like I was supposed to. But uh, I was in the canned foods aisle, which there was hardly anything there. With some yams. Yeah, maybe. there was like yeah. the asparagus. You know, yeah, like yeah. upside down <laughs> asparagus tips or something. Yeah. I don't know, something nobody wanted. And I see this guy, you know, pass the go past the, on the end of the aisle, you know, right across the aisle. And I had a glimpse of him, and I realized like it's a guy I knew from my younger years in college. And I didn't like the guy; like I hated that guy forever. And so when I looked up and I saw him immediately, like I was like, I hate that guy. I I, I don't even I, I I hate I don't want to even be in the same store with him. And before I would have just Did you throw like a no, I did. There was oh. nothing on the shelf oh. I wanted to, but. <laughs> But uh, and I knew confession was hard to find these days, so yeah, I, I don't you know, restrained myself. But right. but no, like seriously, I saw the guy and I thought, man, like normally I would let that I'd be mad. Like I'd get home to the grocery store and Angela would say, hey, you want me to help you pick those up? No, you know, because I'm mad at that guy. I'm mad at what he did ten years ago, and so I started to feel that again. Like I'm gonna go chase him down and tell him what I think about him, you know. And all of a sudden, I just I thought, you know what? Why am I feeling this way? Like let me stop before I act. And, and say, why am I feeling this way? Like, why? what is it that happened? Why do I feel this way? So as I stood there in the store and thought about it a minute, he embarrassed me in front of a lot of people at a party one time, you know, and I didn't appreciate it. And I told him that night and we sort of got in a little tough and, you know, tusk or whatever. And, and it just, ever since then, I've never liked the guy. And, you know, I haven't seen him in, I don't know, I'm 41 now, so probably 20 years. And I'm still holding on to that. Right, like I, I haven't taken that thought captive. Was, that thought is right. his, has been. I've been enslaved to that thought when I've seen that guy on that's Facebook. Thing, it, was, or it was deep down and buried. It didn't react to you. Didn't think about it until you saw him. Yeah, that's the thing. That, and then that's, just, we have all trigger points like that. Right, and then my blood pressure goes up, and I'm right back there in that moment. You know, 20 years ago, and so I think you know 
the difference of what we have to do to take those thoughts captive is not just to let them run across our windshield and then get angry about it, like and stay angry or, or hurt or sad or whatever the emotion may be, but to grab them as they're coming across and going, like asking why, why is it, you know, um, that's you know that's what Jesus did with people. You know, he'd go up and say, "What do you seek? What do you?" He would ask those questions of other people, and I think that we have to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to him and question ourselves. What is it that's really going on? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing when guys would say in our group, like, "I don't want to go to confession because I don't want to admit, you know, that I'm being impure with myself again and again and again to the priest." And it's like, well, you're you got to look at it differently. You're not just going in there to admit that. Hopefully, the priest and you and, and Jesus are getting to the root of what is causing that behavior. And it's the same thing here, like in this time where, where we're set apart from everybody else, where a lot of guys are, are maybe that aren't married, they're at home by themselves. A lot of ladies are at home by themselves. And these thoughts, when we're isolated and alone, they start to build. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're in a place you don't want to be. So we really have to start asking those questions like, why? Why am I feeling this way? I'm not just going to let this, you know, make me feel a way, uh, you know, a certain way and then run out of here without anything to, you know, to, to answer for it. So that's one thing I felt like the Lord has really been putting on my heart lately is 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 trying to to understand better and be in better control of my emotions. And right now, I think everybody out there can can you know use learning that if they don't know it is is you know I don't want to feel this way. It's hard to be at home. It's hard to sit here for four months and know that I don't know when things are going to change or if they will or what it will be when you get back. And so we've got to take those things captive. Right. What well, you talk about cognitive behavioral therapy is pretty much like going back and assessing the things that have gets me upset what can, what makes my emotions elevated more than others mm-hmm. and and that's when you go back especially people who have like you said traumatic event it still is a trigger point you know mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people like you said isolation they're they're dealing with a lot of things that probably they have never really resolved yeah and whether whatever it is you know it's just it's just issues of feeling uh, unworthy or um not looking handsome or beautiful you know whatever we we do because we're we're stuck on at facebook yeah and that's all we're doing we're watching what everybody else is doing and going these people are actually still having fun you know they're like they're like zooming each other and they're having cocktails and so forth where am i you know what am i doing you know so again we're judging ourselves or our lack of our our social skills or our social abilities and and the thing is let's direct that in the right direction mm-hmm. you know and captivate why are we upset? Are we still think we're in high school? We're not popular anymore, and mm. that still comes up, right, from time to time. We don't take it, take control of it. Well, I just want you to know, I think you're handsome to the point of almost being beautiful. Well, thank you. <laughs> my hair's growing a little longer. So, so I yeah. know, man. That that must be it. I want to like start, you know, shaking my head where there you, you can go. see the one the of those slow mo things, right? <laughs> but no, you're you're right, and I think a lot of times we don't we we lose sight of the fact that we're in control of how we think and feel. You know, sometimes we let things run so rampant that we just give ourselves up. We give that control up. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about giving up control to God, and that's a good thing. That's surrendering to God and allowing his plan and his 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 uh, path to be what we're surrendering to. But it's not a good thing to surrender to these negative thoughts. You know, God doesn't give you evil thoughts. He doesn't give you negative thoughts. He doesn't give you thoughts that make you isolated and alone and, and lonely. Those come from the evil one. Those come from the devil. And that's, that's part of the principles and the teachings right. of St. Ignatius. And so we have to start thinking about that in this time. And it's tough. Like you, Angela and I, like we're trying to figure out right now how, who's doing what when, you know, I mean, in the kids and, you know, the schools are sitting out stuff, but it's not real. Um, it's not real. Uh, and it doesn't have a lot of great instruction. So, 
you don't want to fail your kids. You don't want to fail your job. You don't want to. And there's a lot of that stuff going on. And if you're not careful, all of those thoughts can come in there. Yeah. And if you're not saying, wait a minute, like I'm stopping, I'm not letting, I'm not going to let this happen because if I do, I'm not going to be good, any good to my kids or to my wife or to your husband or whatever it may be, you know? So you've got to stop that. Um, cause if you don't, then, then comes that sloth, that laziness we mentioned earlier, you know, it takes us away from our spiritual practices and the things that, that we thought about doing. And, you know, we're not the only ones. Like I love to look back at scripture and to see things like, uh, like Paul, for instance, like, you know, everybody talks about, well, Paul, you know, was the greatest evangelist ever. Well, Paul was also, our, you know, one of the greatest murderers of, of the original Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he murdered thousands of people, hundreds of people. And, you know, I don't think that that thought ever left Paul. You know, it just didn't go away what he had done in his life. Just like me doing that to Angela and doing those drugs and getting arrested and, and putting her through all that pain, that doesn't go away. Right. And I can choose to let that stuff come back over me and feel that guilt and that shame. But I realized that Angela's forgiven me and I had to forgive myself and move forward. And I can't let those things have control over me anymore. St. Paul had to do the same thing. Now he was like, like us, he's human. You know, he says, I've got this thorn in my side, remove it. And God says, no, uh, uh-uh, my power is made perfect in weakness. And so, you know, I think this is an opportunity for all of us to grow in a certain way. We think about, well, I'm going to grow in my spiritual practices, like read more. I'm going to read more Catholic books right now. But one of the best things you can do is start working on your inner life, your, your, your own call to sanctity, your, your, um, your willingness to, to be in control of how you think and feel and surrender and really making those things surrender to God. So, I mean, you look at St. Peter, I mean, from the beginning, he said, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And how many times that he thought when he was walking with Jesus, I'm not worthy to be with this. Why am I here? And he had to continually remind himself and stop those thoughts and say, look, I'm not going to let that happen. That's the devil. That's not of, of our Lord. That's not of, of Jesus or God. This is, this is from somewhere else. And right now, like in this place that we've never been in the world, I think that's what we all have to be doing is to say like, look, I, it's hard and nobody's saying it's easy, but if we don't practice this, we're all going to wind up in the, in the funny farm, man, going nuts with, with thinking we're not worth anything and we're not good parents and we're not good teachers and we're not good employees and we're not this and we're not that. And and that's, I know there's so many people that have felt that way because I've seen it in the comments from all these people at this, this conference that have been looking for something to teach them about how to be right now. And a lot of what we talked about through the different talks was this very thing was, was vulnerability and, 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 you know, realizing that you're in a mess in your life and, and what you're going to do about it and not letting it just be the way things are, but taking control of it, taking that captive and offering it up to Christ so that he can help you discern and, 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 and know what is good and true and beautiful. Well, you're talking about Paul and Peter, right? I mean, Christ assembled an, an odd duck of uh, people to help him out on his mission. Um, you know, Paul snuffed out probably a thousand souls. You know, and imagine that when you come into the truth and that you're saying and, and realize that how many people that had potential to, to expand the church and yet you extinguished it, you know. And I think that was his drive to mm-hmm. go on all these missionary journeys around the world is to to replace those that would have spread that message. You know, that was his mission. Mm-hmm. This is if I would if I took these that many people out, then I need to do is ten times work as what they need to do. Yeah. What I should have done, and and that's the perspective you're talking about is is captivating. You know those things that will keep you from fulfilling your will that God mm-hmm. has set for you. Well, and that's I think that's why when you when you see most things in the Bible about thoughts, a lot of them come from Paul's writings because he understands that. You know he he, he gets that 
Like you have to have, like he says in, in Romans 12 too, don't conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is pleasing and good and perfect. And, and I think that's born for these times right now. And he understood that through his own struggles with what must have been going around in his mind, always the devil sort of picking and prodding. Like like Jesus says to, to the disciples, right? He says, the devil's demanded to sift all of you like wheat, mm-hmm. you know? And that's how he sifts us is through our thoughts and through- And everyone's going to go through it. Yeah. Right. He, right. He's subtle. The devil's never going to run up in front of you and, and, and you don't want to take you on from, from where you can see him. He wants to attack you from the recesses of your mind, from, from behind you, from your flank, from your side, where you're not looking- and that's why Paul's saying, like, you always have to be on guard. You know, he, he says in, uh, and actually this is in Romans, but he says, you know, um, where is that? No, it's in First Peter. Excuse me. Peter says this, be sober and vigilant. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That, again, is, is what I think we're facing in these times. You know, the Lord is calling us to, to be strong and to go into the desert with him, but the devil's over there telling us we're not worthy, we're not good enough, we're all of these things. So... That's why I think Paul understood so much about, and why you hear in his writing so much about like how we have to reform our mind. And so how do we do that? You know, we've talked about the why, asking the why, but we have to put our faith in Christ. I mean, in this time right now, we have a lot of things out there, a lot of the world and all these media places. Every time you get on Facebook, it's not just your own thoughts, but the ones that are being put there by, by all of these news outlets that are like 42 million jobs lost yesterday. And you know, coronavirus is going to come back six times in the next five months. And, you know, all these things that you're going like, is that true or not? Like, right. what, what's, and now you're sitting in your home and you're like, man, I only got two rolls of toilet paper left. Yeah. Like, six more times? What's going to happen? And and uh, and it just, there, there's a verse here from Second Timothy and it talks about that. It says, you know, for the, the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but following their own desires and insatiable curiosity will accumulate teachers and will stop listening to the truth and will be diverted to myths. And that's what I think another thing the devil is trying to do right now is instill this fear and this unknown because nobody really knows. The scientists are guessing. The the doctors are guessing. They're giving their all to to stop this thing. And that's why we've been asked to stay at home, right? Like, just stay at home. It's the best thing you can do. We're trying to figure it out. We'll let you know when we do. But you've got all these other sources out there that are telling you all this stuff. And that's sort of what he's talking about, these teachers that will, and you'll stop listening to the truth. What we need to be doing now is spending our time listening to what the Lord wants us to do. We can't control what's going on outside. You know, I can't. I don't have a medical degree. All I can do is put a mask on and do what I've been told. But I can sit there and 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 help, you know, hold captive the thoughts of my family and of myself and be the spiritual leader I need to be right now. You know, I'm not going to sit at home and talk about, well, you know, we don't have any money right now, Angela, and we're going to have trouble buying stuff and you know, we can't go outside because we're all going to die. I got three little kids under the age of 10 that can hear that. So I'm not responsible for my own thoughts, just my own thoughts, but I'm responsible for theirs as well. And so that's why it's so important where we are right now to start really putting our mind back on the place where we can be filled with hope and joy, not this fear that runs through our heads. That's why they say, take it captive and give it to the Lord, make it obedient to Christ. Because it's almost like the disciples in the water in the boat. You know, and I know people say, you know, Pope Francis used this the other day in, in his address. and um, But it really is like that now, that we're, we're in this rock rocking boat and the waves are crashing and we don't really know what's going on. We don't know which way to turn. And, and, and then all of a sudden, there's Jesus. And as long as we keep our eyes on him, we're good. The moment that we take him off of him and we surrender to fear and doubt the way Peter did, to take his eyes off of him and look at the water, then he started to sink, you know. And of course, the Lord grabbed him, but... 
But we're in that place now where we have to keep our eyes on him or we're going to wind up in these places of depression and isolation and loneliness. And, and you know, it's easy to be that way with losses of jobs and loss of money and, and, and no end in sight. And, and the stuff that we're so used to building us up, the masses, adoration anytime you want, the Eucharist on a daily basis. You know, those things have been taken away and it's why it's so important to shore up these teachings of, of controlling your thoughts your in your your feelings and reorienting them towards the good. Do you have a scripture that someone should read to kind of, I know you, just, you threw out a lot there, but well, I mean, St. Paul. But... All of those or any of them, I mean, they're all good. Um, you know, making the, the, the second Corinthians, making your every thought, you know, captive to Christ. That's, yeah. that's the main one. Um, transforming the renewal of your mind, uh, being sober and vigilant. That's, you know, the one from Peter. But yeah, I mean, it, it, the Bible is full of all these things. I mean, it's what, be not afraid in there, what, 370 times sure. or something. So there's plenty of times where Christ talks about that. But we really have to, I mean, the main thing is now is that we have to really understand the two different thought processes that are coming in. That's what I would kind of want everybody to take away from this, is that good thoughts from God, bad thoughts from the evil one. So instead of, it's like, I want everybody to have sort of an image of your car, like you're driving and you know a bug or something hits the windshield and you turn your wipers on and you toss it to the side like those are that's how i want people to see things is you're going to have thoughts come across the windshield of your life while we're in this time right good ones bad ones the good ones let them go on by enjoy them let that console you you know take that and use that as fruit to to be something to be a gift for somebody else but when those bad ones come across let them stop for a minute. Don't just sit there and go, oh, that was nice. No, why is that? Why am I feeling that way? What's at the root of this? What's the true problem? So, you know, and, and the things that are going to help you do that is, is doing your spiritual practices. And one thing I want to say before the end of the show here is, look, I had the, the benefit of trying out Hallow for three for free during this conference. And I tell you, it's awesome. It's really helped me through, during this busy time of the conference with my daily prayers and reminding me to do things and, and taught me some new practices I could put in my life. And so I put their link up on my site down there on just a guy on, the, on our site on just a guy on the pew. How do you they spell can it? Click on it. It's Hallow H A L L O W. And also, there's one for Covenant Eyes. I've also got an affiliation with them now. If you're struggling with porn, that's another thing a lot of people are dealing with with this isolation and and loneliness. We can turn to that if we're not careful as well. So you know, check those out on the bottom of the page. Mm-hmm. Thank you to everybody that watched the talk. I, I gave it the VCC and all the nice comments. Uh, I've had tons of subscriptions to YouTube and the website and all of that. So thank you all. Um, you know, I really appreciate it. It made me not feel bad because I gave two people five bucks to be in the uh, <laughs> in my live booth. So, but thanks for showing up because it was well worth the money. <laughs> but anyway, let's take this all to prayer, Victor. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we are all trying to navigate the uncharted waters in this new world. Now more than ever, fear, worry, and doubt do their best to creep in and affect our attitude and actions. Help us to remember to take every thought captive and bring it to you. And Father, whenever the waves of fear and doubt begin to crash, let us never take our eyes off of you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.